Those of you watching at home, you are very welcome. Those of you who are at work, you are very welcome. Those of you who are on the way, maybe you are on the road and you are watching this program right now. You are very, very welcome. This is Christ with Tabernacle Cathedral, broadcasting from Woolwich, London, to the whole world through social media. It is so for now because our government in England have locked down the... Uh, you know, the whole system and everybody has been told to stay at home. But we thank God that uh, the churches are allowed to go and uh, hold meetings through in their, in their, in their, in their, in their churches, but through the, 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 the um, social media. So right now we are broadcasting from the church, but we are reaching through YouTube and other social media websites and things like that. But I want you to know that it has not diminished the power of delivery. Really, I thank God that uh, this COVID period has sensitized God's people across the world to the consciousness of social media, effective use of social media. So within six months, the Church of God have advanced so much with the technology that is availed. So that like corporate organization will do, the churches now are. Of course, it should have been that the Church of God is ahead of the corporate organization, and the corporate organization is learning from the church. Because why? The church comprises all the brains, more brains that can work in a particular sector of corporate organization. And so when we bring all the brains together, we should do better than the corporate organization. Formerly, we have been trailing behind, but COVID-19 has triggered us into a new level and now i believe very much that by the end of this meeting this uh, year you know the um what do you call them the corporate organization will be they'll be coming to church for consultations i believe that's what's going to happen well we thank god so much for our gathering and our fellowship you know God has been teaching us over the past six months in various things. He began by teaching us when we started our prayer 334 days ago. Uh, 234 days ago. God began to teach us about the end times. And then he took us into the book of Revelations where we pieces Revelation chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Then looking at the book of Matthew 24. And I haven't sensitized us in that it woke up the, the strong man in us. And everybody who is listening to my voice all over the world, you got deeper knowledge about the, the, the current time. Let me just allude to this before I take you into my teaching today. You know, I, I want to allude to it because there is a chaos or confusion in the church of God today across the globe concerning the vaccine that the government have discovered. I don't know about the views of some people, how legitimate it is, but I know the truth as God revealed to Christ with Tabernacle before it came. Beginning of this year, God told me, and I spoke it out on my, on my pulpit here by prophetic, I saw God sending out knowledge to invent cures of diseases. And I told you that God will be given um, people, cures of various diseases, diseases like cancer and other things. At that time, COVID-19 has not really come up. In you, I mean, to the world, we didn't know about it. So, 
And I told my, my scientists in the church, you know, medical doctors, virologists, and all the rest of them, to go and do research. The Lord also said that there's going to be the economic crisis across the globe, and that uh, He will be giving inventions to people. And I beg all my, uh, you know, professionals, whether in, uh, in uh, you know, art field or in, in, in law or in engineering, to go and give themselves to studies. But let me say this to you. In July, someone just said to me, the, the prophetic fall on the 18th of July, God said to me that at that time, the world was saying that they would get vaccine in two years' time because of the procedure. And God said that by December, there will be a solution to this issue of COVID-19. And the Lord said that next year will be the, the, the year of lights. This is 18th of July. And I will, I will make sure I endeavor to put this on air. And God said that He will give solutions to mankind because mercy had been released from God when Christians began to pray from March concerning COVID-19. And God said, instead of the next year they are thinking, that He will bring solutions by December. And He says that so that as we enter the new year, then a new horizon will come upon the face of the earth. And He spoke many more things. I was very, very much elated to hear that the um, vaccine that they said would take two years have been already manufactured in England. And also, from all indications, they have said it will be available in December, just as the Lord has spoken. I believe very much that um, what God is directing me to teach you now is... A thing that will bring solution to many lives. Some people say that the vaccine is a mark of the beast. I call them from intellectual point of view ignoramus. Because from the letters of the Bible in the book of Revelation chapter 13, the Bible simply said when the mark of the beast will be introduced, it will be introduced on the premise of trade. It says that they will tell you there are two things. You have to worship the devil and then renounce God, Jesus. So if you have to take from Jesus or devil, that's the first thing. And second thing literally spoken about is that you will not be able to buy or sell unless you take the mark. And I don't understand how vaccine can be synonymous to buying or selling. You know, I want all church people, people who profess that they, they know Jesus Christ, I want you to tell you this. I personally want to tell you this. It is better for you to obey God than to be blown about by all manners of nonsense. Obeying God in the sense that seek wisdom and knowledge. Read wide so that your brain is hot. And you cannot be fooled by ignoramus. People who, cannot, who have no contact with God, neither are they intellectual in academics. Because if the Bible wrote clearly that the mark of the beast will come by virtue of a person presenting himself to be God, and he will say to you, you worship devil or you worship God. Take one. If you decide to worship devil, now we give you the mark so that you can buy or sell. How can someone say that that mark of the beast is vaccine to cure um, COVID? It is peculiar nonsense. It is not intellectual in spiritual climates, neither is it intellectual in the field of academic climates. I want to say to you, therefore, God prophesied about it before it came, and the month God said it will come, it is coming in, 
and the solution is coming in. So if you have issues about COVID-19, when the vaccines come, I better go and take it. I will, because it is not mark of the beast. Now, let me go straight away into the lecture of today. <laughs> I have to, as a watchman of God, attend to issues on earth. Because when people say that God said, if God has spoken to me, then that person is in trouble. If what he's saying is not what God said to me. Because I hear from God distinctly. I have encounters of angels and encounters of the Lord Jesus. So when I hear, it is not subject to um, maybe or may not be. That is... That is a fact. But God doesn't have to speak like that all the time. But when he does, there's no turning back. What the Lord put in my spirit to teach you in this season is this 21st century leadership. 21st century leadership. I know very much that um, a lot of people who watch television uh, or social media and listen to uh, ministers of God, many, many people do not understand or they do not recognize that uh, ministers of God are not just spiritual people. They always box anybody. If you introduce yourself as a minister, they all just, just box you to a spiritual person only. No, we are not. We are not. If you read the Bible very well, you will recognize that there are intellectual people, professionals, as followers of Jesus Christ. One of them is Luke, who was a physician. Another one was Paul, who was a jurisprudent lawyer who trained in the Oxford or Cambridge or Harvard of the day. And up till now, we still have ministers of God of such, like myself too, who we have dedicated ourselves to human intellectual knowledge so that we will gain knowledge from the creep of the university, the top range of universities, so that we can level up with humanity. At the same time, we can go into the scriptures and show people that all these things came from the Bible. And what I began to teach you yesterday, though it is called under sustainable leadership or high impact leadership, I acquired the knowledge, a brief of the knowledge from Cambridge University for those of you who are inclined, if you are just, you know, from corporate organization. However, when I was trained in Cambridge University about high impact leadership and focusing on sustainable leadership, I found out that all principles are from the Bible and all those principles can be traced to Jesus Christ. And I found out that the church movement of God have ignored those principles, though Jesus taught them and the apostles did it. And so my, my duty is to help you understand from intellectual point of view, and then which can solve problems of uh, conglomerates. You know, if you are a chief executive of an organization, you'll find solution to the problems that faces you in your life in this lecture. And it will make your operations easy. It will make your, your industry more productive, regardless of what sector of industry you are, from oil and gas to banking to economy to uh, engineering to production to services and whatever you are. So we're looking at, therefore, 21st century leadership. For the spiritual, I call it the end-time leadership. End-time leadership. Uh, the 21st century is end-time. And I will show you how... What, what, what made me conclude that it is the end time? Who can be classified as 21st century leadership? Or what does it require for a person to be 21st century uh, uh, leader, leader in our time? I said to you last week that the definition of a 21st century, 21st century leadership is a leadership that is futuristic in its approach. That is a leader who is futuristic in his Leadership approach. 
one of the things that you must not forget is that they are proactive. They are leaders who are able to envisage problems before problems really ensued. Because they are always futuristic. And I think today, let me just add to it as a continuation of last week. Anybody who is futuristic will be up to date in his career. They are kind of people who will always study in the field of their career. As the career changes, they change with it. They are not people who just have degrees of 10 years or 15 years and they, they keep on working in industry and then suddenly some youths who just graduated from university came up with new innovations or new applications of the career. They say, oh, our time is, uh, you know, we, we were not taught that in our time. That's not a futuristic leader. That's not a futuristic leader. A futuristic leader is a leader who looks forward to the future. And because of that, he examines today... He updates himself in his career, not only in his career, he updates himself in the associated fields to his career. Anything that he needs, he, he, needs, he, he needs to know to function in his office and to go higher in his office. He is very much updated. And that is a futuristic leader. But then, in their being futuristic as well, they are able to envisage where the organization is going in another words, where the whole world is going. And because of that, look at the structure that they have built. And begin to build framework. Such that can navigate through all complexities that can confront them. Let me give you an example. When this issue of, of COVID-19 happened, you know, a church who had never been up to date, or a church leader who had not been up to date with technology and with, um, you know, all these, um, uh, you know, uh, social media, we will be left behind. It will only be left regretting because this is not a thing that prayer can do. It is a thing that knowledge will produce. And anybody who had not been progressively equipping himself in that area will find himself struggling a lot because it happens that nobody can come to office anymore because you are locked down. Those who are not only church leaders, those who are managers, those who are directors of organization, people who have offices in the city, you know, who, who pride themselves in, this, in the tower of the city, and also, you know, you know uh, uh, who, who, who pride themselves getting all their uh, workers under them so that they can see them and supervise. They found out that something happened this year, and every, every, every framework was destroyed, disrupted. Not destroyed, but disrupted. And so because of that, leaders who are, not, who are not current, the first thing that happens to them is panic. Panic. Let me say this to you, to those of you in church, it's easy for Christian leaders to be saying that, oh, this is Satan, this is Satan. It does not matter. I will show you the Bible today. Whether it's the devil or demons, they operate through man. And Jesus warned the church about it. They operate through man. So anybody who has not been current with the challenges in the world, who has not been able to sit down to forecast and to, to, to foresee in the future the likelihood of this happening and how it will obstruct my personal production. Uh, and if it does, what will I do? People don't think like that. Now they panic. Whereas people who have been equipping themselves, they even get better. Because challenges bring a leads man, a futuristic leader to innovation. And remember, I told you this, and I'll say it again. Innovation is not doing the old thing better. 
It is to do a new thing and a new thing better. That is innovation. Innovation, you can never do improve on old things to meet up future challenges. You will fail. If you have challenges, you know, in your life, and you have a particular approach that you have been, you have been on, and that approach, in the midst of it, you got into the challenges, and that approach is not able to solve the challenge, all right, solution to it is not for you to try to modify the old, because modification of the old will fail. Solution to it is to identify what you have done wrong and then think about a new approach, which is innovation, departure from the norm. People say this, but this is what I say. That's why Jesus said to us, I read it to us last week, in the book of John chapter 3, and chapter 4 verse 35 to 36, say, do, do you not say former months and then the harvest? I tell you the truth, open your eyes and look at the fields. I said to you last week, remember, you know, when you have issues, you don't listen to what the press say. You don't listen to what people say. Really, when you, when you listen to television and people are talking, you don't listen to everyone who talks on television because television is filled with many people who just talk. But when a sensible man who is a, an expert in the area is talking, then you can understand and give attention to that. You don't say what the common people say. You don't say what the world say. It's interesting. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he did in the beginning is, is enough for the world to the end of the earth. He said, do you not say, or rather do people not say, former months, and then they harvest. He says, I tell you the truth. Open your eyes and look at the fields, which is plural. If you cannot, if you are, if you are going in one way and you have issue, then... Deviate from that to another thing. That is innovation. Innovation is not doing the old thing better. No. It is doing a new thing and then that new thing better. That is innovation. And that's a constructive way. Or I would say constructive solution to face challenges which I call VOCA. Which is, you know, quite common among the intellectual people. We'll look more into VOCA today. So, if you look at it, therefore, Jesus laid a template about this in this scripture. And then he says that this field have ripe for harvest. And I gave you four things that you must not forget in that scripture. Number one, don't say what people say. You cannot follow mediocres. Number two, your eyes must be wide open. You must be very enlightened. When he said that somebody's mind, when the Bible says in the book of Matthew that he, Jesus breathed unto them and he opened their mind to understand it. That's been enlightened. You must be enlightened. And we want to be enlightened in this time that we are. It's not just a matter of prayer. It's a matter of study to show yourself. That the Bible says. Number four, three, I said you must see beyond the norm. You must not think that this is the way we used to do it. Forget it. You can do it in a better way, in another way. And better. And then number four, he says, you must see harvest of, you know, for church souls. When they said that we, didn't, we shouldn't meet in church, the next thing that came to my mind is that we, well, we can reach the whole world then. Two challenges that faced the church when lockdown came. Number one, how can the minister effectively reach his members? That is the first thing. The second challenge is how can minister effectively reach the whole world from neighborhood? And I call that, if you look at that in the context of high-impact leadership, we are talking about internal stakeholders and external stakeholders. 
And it is very necessary, it is very, very common in, in industry that when you have, uh, you know, when you have challenges in industry, what they are illustrated as VUCA. Alright? I t- spoke to you about that year, last Sunday. I, I, you know, in the field of intellectuals, they believe very much that there, there is, w- w- the world will go more volatile and the, mo- the world will go more uncertain. They also believe that the world will go more complex and ambiguous. So, the, the, the four major considerations in challenges for the futuri- futuristic leader is one, volatility, uncertainty, complexity and ambiguity when you have situations like this happening in industry will you be phased out of 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 work will your industry have to shut down that is the reason for futuristic leadership approach this can happen in marriage as well look at some marriages now husband and wife just sacked during this covid they can't afford to pay their mortgage does that finish their love life? That is volatile. It is VUCA. It is VUCA in application to their own marriage. Because their source of income just shut down. I was told, I was discussing with somebody in, in Nigeria, you know, who was, um, who I was told that somebody lost her job as a, as a lecturer. Because they, you know, is it, is it, no, it's in Ghana. It's in Ghana. Ghana. So they, they, they shut down, uh, locked down everybody. Uh, schools. So the lecturer could not work anymore. And when that person was locked down, other lecturers, you know, and teachers, everybody cannot earn, especially those of them who are in the uh, private sector. And the government did not have any provision for them. So what did she do? She recognized that her mother has a shop, and she started working in that shop, and took that shop to a different, a higher level. That is what I'm talking about. What do you do when you are confronted with VUCA? Volatility of this world, uncertainty that will come. By different shaking and different things, complexity that we are, that will arise within the world, and the ambiguity that is always progressive, and so, sometimes they are obstructive. Now, let me say something to you: these factors, you know, of VUCA, these factors of uh, of uh, of um, you know challenges, are said to be determined by four streams. The fourth stream that, 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 you know, um, uh, that is instrumental to challenges is social changes, sudden social changes, or social factor, factor. The second one is environmental factor. The third one is political factor. And the fourth one is technological revolution. Technological revolution, to me, appears as the most sensitive and the most factor that because technology of yesterday has changed overnight overnight look look listen to me i will tell you this i see a new um what will i call this now it's a new machinery or technology that new technology emerged and threatened to wipe off microsoft listen to me this is prophecy write it down it will come to pass. So that Microsoft became so shaky. Before Microsoft woke up, that technology swept the whole world. And it, they will not, it, people will not need Microsoft anymore because of this technology. Microsoft don't understand it now. But God told me this for some few weeks now. 
So, technological revolution is, the, is in our own generation, one of the most prolific challenges. But all this VUCA can only be engineered by these four factors. And I will show you in this COVID issue. If you look at social factor, you have communal factor, you have community factor, you have some also that are community-based. I will have other time to teach you very deep detail on this, looking at the difference between the community and community-based factors. Then you have collective or group, collective group factors. You have the societal factor, you have civil factor, and you have religious factor. In environmental, you have issues that are relating to natural world. Disasters. Overnight today, I just discovered that early in the morning about, about five, 5 o'clock, no, about 6 o'clock, I started hearing a drizzle of rain. And by the time that that rain fell for about 30 minutes, I was shocked when I went outside. There were puddles all over the whole place. But in the past, we have had rains that are just falling like that for days, and we didn't have puddles. We, were, we had issues of, of flood last year in some parts of England, areas that have not been flooded before. These natural disasters are challenges. You can imagine if your office is in a place and the whole place was flooded overnight. What happens to your industry? Especially if you are a, if you are a, a you know, private limited company. You are a self, self-running company. What happens? And you came in and all your machines are gone. If you have not put an insurance measure before, or your insurance has expired and then that happened, you understand what happened to you? So I think then somebody who is in that organization should recognize that for prevention of such uh, uh, occurrences, you must have adequate monitoring of insurances and all things that needed to be in place. What about somebody who just died suddenly? He didn't have a will, he didn't have life insurance, and he hasn't finished paying his mortgage. He leaves debts for the survivors and, uh, you know, either wife or husband or the children too. And so we understand, when we are looking at environmental issues, you see quite a lot of things. Of course, not just the environmentalists I'm talking about. I'm talking about natural disaster. I'm talking about natural, you know, environmental climatic changes and stuff like that. How, it, it, there are some industries that those things affect. I don't know whether to put COVID under environmental, but I think it's environmental too because... Uh, why did I say COVID is environmental? It is environmental because it took environmental measure to stop it from spreading. So I can classify that under environmental. And also it affected the movement of people too. And you have many factors like this that can affect you. Then you have the political and governmental factors. When government make law like this, they say shut down, lock down. Everybody lock down. Okay. And, you know, the church people are saying that you don't have right over the church. That is where law comes in. In England, we have a law that is called Magna Carta, which is very distinct about separation of state and the, and the church. And so there is a big discussion and controversies among church leaders, lawyers, and the government in England. Of course, in America, they have written constitution, 
And America has been able to go through in lawsuit to stop the government from stopping churches so that it is optional. It, is not, it's, it cannot be a law or a legislation to stop churches from gathering. But this is the problem we have. We have this environmental issue of, of COVID. It affected all industries. People who, who, you know, have been gathering before in offices, they couldn't anymore. So all industries have to begin to look for how can we still be communicating with our workers though they are at home and they can be working more effectively or as, as they are working in the house. So you have, you know, the issue of technology coming there. The issue of different approach to management coming there. The issue of how do we monitor them? How do we evaluate them? How do we evaluate the impact and stuff like that? And the issue of computer science came in. And people who have been proactive in their thoughts, they are now multi-millionaires because they have solutions to all the stuff through, through computer application. But those who just did computer science and they just sat down to be collecting salary every month, they are just looking. Same thing. The, the, the dichotomy between the government and the, and the church is very interesting. When I look at it from the cap of a minister of God, wow, how can the government tell the church not to meet? By the way, you know, the fact is that, well, the spread of COVID in England had never been traced to a church. Second consideration is that the church of God in England had been more compliant than any industry. Because it's only in the church you come into the church with your... A face mask and you wear your face mask throughout the service of the church so by common sense it is impossible to spread it in the church because to spread COVID somebody has to remove his face mask so that when he coughs or when he speaks it, the, the, the bubbles travel uh, 0.7 <laughs> meter or 1 meter depending on the, the scientists you want to follow and of course, in the churches, people are sitting down 1.5 meters. So if somebody even coughs, he cannot reach the other person. And people are always putting on their nose guard. So why should the government of our country tell the church not to meet? Recognizing that when the church people meet, that is when the, the you know, it, 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 it has its own vibes. It, it affects our mental health too. It helps our mental health. Did the government not consider all this? Why should the government just, you know, tell the church not to meet? And the government on their own cases are saying that, well, you know, we want to, it's a matter of balancing act. We want to make sure that we protect the, the, the citizen. The government has the right and the, the mandate and duty to protect their citizen. And the church people have the right and the mandate to call for worship with their citizen. So the citizens are under the church and under the government. So there's a dichotomy. And this is still going on. The ranking is still going on now in, the whole, in, in, in our country. However, the issue about the law or separation of the state and, and, the, and the church, Magna Carta, that's also an issue in law. So, should the church sue the government? That's the first question. By any means. Maybe the church needs to tell the government that the government needs to give us also some money and pay the clergymen and look at the, the losses of the churches and then compensate them like the compensate industry. Maybe that is something that we need to consider. However... Let me say this to you. All the consideration above, as I'm speaking to you today, are non-functional. So which means the church has to now deal with the situation by themselves. <laughs> and the Bible says in the book of Romans that everyone should be subject to the authority that is above him. For there is no authority but, from, but that, that is from above. 
So you see the, the, the complication now. We have the environmental, we have the political going together and stuff like that. The social factors and all jamming together. So this is VUCA. And this is where you see a 21st century leadership style emerge. Unaffected by all those factors. Because the true problem of the church, which is also of industry, is this. First of all, your internal stakeholders, how do you keep them? How do you maintain them? How do you continue your vision with your internal stakeholders? For church, they are the members. The second major challenge is, how do you still continue to service your external stakeholders? How do you continue to still produce? How do you continue to still maintain your value chain? And these are the two problems. So, will we, will the church of God wait for the procedure of lawsuit and do nothing to their challenges? No, 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 because by the time you finish the lawsuit, it takes you some months, you will have lost all membership. The same thing with industry. And this is where the reasoning of 21st century leadership effectively comes in. Let me go back to the eight things that you need to know to be able to deal with the challenges of 21st century. Number one, you must identify areas of key challenges that can face your organization and that's what I've been doing, looking at, okay, the challenges facing the organization today, major challenge is COVID-19. Uh, however, the other factors, which are the ripple effect, I call them, is the economic problem. Is the fact that your staff cannot meet again in the office. Is the fact that each time that the government shuts you down, you will expend more money, which is more than what the government is giving you, for solution. The fact is that many industries are now cutting down because they cannot meet up and rendering people jobless. Could they have been able to still maintain those staff without rendering them jobless? Yes. I beg to differ from those who believe that they have to, you know, release all these thousands of people and make them jobless. I challenge the leadership of industries that do that. Very much challenge them. Because these are people who have produced profit for the company over the years they have been in the company. It is unethical now for any industry to say that we're because of these challenges, we have to render these people useless. Really, it is, I don't think it is professional to do that because the industry have built these people, they have invested on these people resources up to now. So all the resources that you have invested on your staff, those who are, who are relieving people of 3,000 people or 2,000 people, all those resources, evaluate them, quantify them, and you discover that it's a great loss for the industry. The reason why industries can fall into a, fall a victim of such is because the leadership is not futuristic. They are not 21st century uh, uh, compliant, let me say. <laughs> and that's the reason why this kind of lecture, people need to hear it. And I, I want to say this, that anyone who listens to what I'm teaching you now, and you now implement it regardless of your industry, whether it's Unilever, whether it's Shell, whether it's, uh, you know, Max and Spencer's and stuff, what I'm saying to you, if you do it now, you, regardless of what happens in the future, you will not need to lose one staff. You will not need to lose one staff. And you cannot even also lose your value chain. 
That's the reason why I said to you that a, a, a 21st century leadership, from the definition that was given, is a futuristic leader who has built a framework that can navigate through all complexities. British Airways does not need to sack all those staff. Do you know something? This is it. Somebody who is very, very intelligent and who is very current only need to prepare to set up another airline by next year. And all these people that these big airlines have set away begin to employ them because they have been, the big airlines have invested in them and that is going to happen. Let me tell you this. That is going to happen. New industries are going to emerge from this calamity. And the people who are working on that are now working right now. And they will, have, they will arise in every sphere. The same thing with the churches. The same thing with the churches. There are some churches that are closing down now, reducing speedily because their members are now going to the, to, the, to the YouTube, to the Facebook, to listen to other preachers. And some of them are discovering that, what am I wasting my life in this church all these years? I better move here. And so you are seeing a shift happening in the church as well. The same thing will happen in industry. You know, any church that is not current in our time, any industry that is not current, that cannot face the challenges of this day, will fizzle out. But new industry shall emerge because human ones shall, be, shall, shall always be satisfied by one means or the other. So, this has nothing to do with devil. It has to do with knowledge. So, things that you need to think about, you know, in identify, to identify your key challenges. Number one. You must identify your current challenges every time. Every time. Challenges are things that are, that are, I will call them deterrents. Things, something that tries to deter you from achieving a particular aim. That is a challenge. The second thing is that you must identify the current developments that could pose future challenges. Why you know that now we're having COVID challenge. All right? What other things can happen in the future that may also pose challenges? Because we don't want to solve the problem of COVID alone. We want to solve the problem of COVID in such a way that should anything happen again that would disrupt our norm, normal way of meeting, that structure we set up can navigate through it. That is what you're saying. And on this come under what is called disruptive technology. In trying to solve this issue, a futuristic leader, a, a 21st century leader or entire leader, will solve it with the mind that the new framework I'm building now, what about, what about, what about, what about, five years time, 10 years time, 20 years time, this also happened, something at all happened that people have to lock down or people cannot reach me anymore. Something had to happen that affected my value chain, you know, that is disruptive to my value chain. The framework I'm setting up now, will it be able to still, you know, communicate my value chain? Value chain is very, very easy. It's not something that is, that is very science, it's a rocket science stuff. It is your, your, your procedure by which you get what you produce to distribution, to delivery. That's all. That's all. That's all. A preacher of the gospel, his value chain force is his internal stakeholders. How you communicate the gospel to the people who are listening to you, who are your part, your people. Then your second uh, people that is important are the outsiders. How do you communicate the gospel to them? And that has to do. Our own product is preaching the gospel. 
in preaching the gospel, we have to look at the branding of our, our product. We have to look at the, the communication or the transportation of our product. We have to look at the delivery of our product. And we have to make sure that we have a framework that come, come rain, come sunshine. We will still achieve our aim, both to internal and external stakeholders. Same thing with industry. Your current challenges, then what other likely challenges for the future, which is disruptive technologies. Number three, your current structure of your organization. It's a time to check the structure of the organization. Because if you don't check your structure, you will never be able to build a proper framework. You have to revisit your structure. Maybe you need a tweaking somewhere, to trick somewhere. Number four, you have to look at structure stroke policy. That is the policies that you've made to sustain your structure and to make your structure workable. And those policies, now that you have, let me give you an example. In Church of God now, health and safety have increased, and I'm sure in other industries. Now, you see people now marking distances before you enter a shopping center. In the church, you have distances marked, you know, one meter, one meter, one meter. You have to write policies about that. Now we have to write policies about when people come to church, how they must stand before, the, you know, before they enter the church. It's an orderly manner, and they come into church orderly, not just everybody crashing the gate. And we have policy that the ushers will lead each person to their seat, row by row, row by row, row by row. You don't have people saying, I don't want to sit there now because they have to sit there. And then when we close service, another, you know, one of the policies is that you sit down, everybody, and the ushers will lead you out row by row, row by row. Is that not a good thing to, to at least that deter accidents a lot? It's an orderly way, and we have to continue that. It's not that when COVID is over, then we just go back to our normal Russian way. No, 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 no. We have to consider that. And this is what we're talking about. The policies that can operate the new structure or new framework that emerge from the structure that you have. If your structure has been, is, is very okay. Number five, your trajectory of implementation must be adequately planned. All the plans you have, implementation. Let me tell you, in this season that we have in CFT Church, you know, Church of God had not been involved, I would say, our own church. We do not have a department for research and development. I have set up one due to these challenges. And I have written the kind of people that is the knowledge that those who will constitute my research and development will be. And I've also written the, the method of evaluating those who can. So that those who are in, research and, in my research and development, I will give them the, the um, projects. I'm thinking about 30 years today. And I will, I will end up my message by showing you all the information from the Bible. I'm thinking about 30 years today. So research and development section has to, be, has to come. In the area of my media production, there are other areas that I have identified that this church need to set up and implement. Also, I saw that there are some areas of operation that we have to dismantle, alright? Not as to destroy, but to dismantle them so that in, instead of one name and focus operation, we, we, we dismantle them into three parts. 
so that each part, because I discovered that these COVID challenges had revealed to us that we have like a group, we have about four operations going in one group, and because of that, it has hindered specialization of industry, and so in this COVID time, I've divided that very big group into four factions so that each one can now face a particular area of skill. And that is where innovation can come in. And they can bring all this innovation together. Come, 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 come. Let worse than COVID happen. CFT will thrive. Because in this COVID season, really, I can say that in my own church, we're not affected by anything. You know, we're reaching people, our members, because we pray every day. We meet every day and pray every day. That is through the Zoom and through, um, through um, uh, 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 what do you call it, uh, YouTube. I meet my members daily. I speak to them daily. We pray daily for an hour for the past 234 days today. And that is better for me because before, I could only come to the daily prayer in church and meet a handful of people. But now, I'm praying with people over a thousand every day, every day of my membership. And they are, I'm able to teach them also every day. Even if it is just 15 minutes I'm teaching each day, something impactful to their life, which was not so before. And I'm able to reach people outside because I discovered that from last Sunday I began to teach you about, about um, 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 you know, 21st century leadership. Between last Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I saw on Monday the number of people who we, we meet on a daily basis for prayer, one hour prayer, who had been within the range of 1,500. But from Monday it has shot up to over 2,000 because of this 15 minute lecture I'm now introducing on Mondays. So, we are achieving. However, when COVID is over, we will continue with this strength that we have. And that's what I'm talking about. Policies must be in place. Trajectory to implementation must be adequately planned and maintained. Number, f- number six, there must be adequate training to keep up rapid global changes or challenges. You know, the globe is changing rapidly. And we must have a strategic, you know, adequate. And I love the word adequate. Not just go for a course because people are going to school. Let me go and read this. The fact is this. What you are reading, what value will it add to yourself? And what, 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 what relevance is it in your three-year, five-year plan? You don't just go to school. You go to study something that is adequate. So that when you add that to your values, you can go higher in life. Go higher in life. So, institutions need to recognize this, that. Because now we are not going to, into, into uh, you know, social media stuff, I think all staff needed to be trained on basics of social media. <laughs> and I think those who are the chief, chief executive need to study about social media. I did that when we started because when, we started, when this lockdown happened, one of the things that... Um, came to my mind is that now we know that social media we cannot meet in church but we can reach people by by social media so how while i gave all the people in the media section you know i gave them um the the assignment to go and look for what to do i myself i didn't fold my hands i began to you know uh, study now i have to now study various availables you know in the market and then before I, I concluded that Zoom is the most ap- ad- adequate 
to what I want to do, my delivery. So I have to go and do the training of Zoom. But while I was doing Zoom, I discovered that Zoom has a lacuna. And it says that Zoom is not an editing tool. It is a communication tool. But you know, people have known our church, Christ with Tabernacle, for high standard. So how can I maintain the high standard on Zoom? So we need an editing tool. Our editing tool, we have one in the church, which is big machine, which I'm speaking through now. But then, if I have to go to church every day to, to, to pray, it will wear off my staff, and it will weary me too. So it means that I have to produce everything from my house daily. And I cannot be inviting members into my house every day because my house is even far. Therefore, I have to now learn myself. So I have to learn about Wirecast, which is a low-end software I've been using before. Now learn it and master it. Then I went to look at lecture of Zoom. Every day I would do a lecture of Zoom until I master it. And then I looked at my, my uh, that software, which, you know, is been, we, we, we have, we have been using that for post editing, which is Adobe Premiere. And then start to read it again, so that I understand it very, very well, go from basic to a better knowledge of it. And then look at all these templates, then design a, a framework, how this will work with this, to go into this, and then go to the YouTube, or go to the social media. I have to do that myself. Then I have to now study about the artisanship. How can I be preaching and I'm controlling all this editing stuff? How can I be speaking and controlling all this editing stuff? So all what I will give to my various members in the, in the, social, in the media team, I have to acquire it myself. I have to train my son. I have to train my wife. They are the ones who are doing with me. So now what we produce every, every evening, I can tell you that it is produced from my house and I can tell you that I'm in charge of everything. And I can tell you that there's no regret. Nobody looked at our program now and said that we are not. BBC cannot do better than Christ with Tabernacle. That's our program. If you, if you doubt what I'm saying, join me today at 7 p.m. On, the, on, the, on your YouTube. But if you look at our YouTube also, we started from one platform and then we, 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 we integrated further. Because what I'm teaching you here... Adequate trainings, not training. When you are training a platform and you have a standard, you have to go to a higher standard. As I, as I produce, I watch the BBC, I watch the ITV, and I watch Al Jazeera. Those are the three major uh, 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 television I watch. I watch their production. I watch, you know, their template and evaluate them. Of course, I did, um, you know, first degree in, in the multimedia and broadcasting. But that notwithstanding... That has helped me, of course. But that notwithstanding, I studied in 2001 to 2003. I got my degree. But the multimedia today is different. Even They don't call it multimedia anymore. They call it some other names. So, adequate training is, is, is a lifelong training. It is not a training that you have just for one day or one time. And then you, you throw the towel away. No. It is a continuous progressive trend. Then number seven, establishing and investing in relevant and effective research and development section. And that's what I said that is here now we are going to start that. Within the area of the area of researches that I know that things God put in my head for the church to do, but the church is not doing. 
and that is the area of research so that we can be proactive we can invent so many things waiting for finance some people pray that god bless me god bless me god bless me god is saying that what will i bless you sleep and wake up every day you have nothing to bless but if somebody uses his mind all the time and establish various things that could be done and you do your research you do all your analysis to the final stage only waiting for finance then god can bring the finance you must be very researchful and the final thing is you must regularly evaluate the impact of your various initiatives all the initiatives that you have devised all the initiatives that you have implemented you have to stop and evaluate whether the impact is really effective and that is the reason why i can tell you today that Last Sunday, I started teaching you on high-impact leadership. The previous week, I started teaching you on 15, 15 minutes or during the, um, you know, in a social media. And I discovered myself that the number of people who are hitting the social media just increased within the week. They really doubled within this week. So I called the head of uh, media and said to the head of media, are you aware of this? Because I have them in the media who analyze each of our platform every week they will give me graphs of analysis of youtube of linkedin of um, facebook and all stuff like that and i would look at their analysis statistics and then i use that to now sit down to evaluate impact which of the medium is most impactful for us i look also when they are when i'm when i'm preaching and i'm streaming i also open the youtube and i see discussions going on on the youtube as i'm preaching sometimes as i'm preaching i'm replying some of the discussions and i see my 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 you know the section that handles that i saw them delete some people all right so and those things that those people wrote all right they deleted them but when I looked at them as I'm still teaching, I would just go into that same file of that person and report that person as I'm teaching you. I'm reporting that person to Facebook and I'm establishing the case of intimidation. I am still teaching. And so the next time you will find that person again because people have to take legal action. So what I'm saying to you is that we have to evaluate every time really a man who doesn't evaluate his life is just a man living without knowledge the evaluation of your impact has to be applicable to your life to your family to your to your work to the church everything that you do someone says that all these things apostle is talking yes jesus says i can do all things and bible says i can do all things through who through christ who strengthens me in closing today let me narrow you down to the scriptures did the bible say tell us about vuka yes in the end time let me look at the book of matthew 24 verse 21 to 22 it says for then there will be great distress unequal from the beginning of the world until now that is vuka and never to be equal again if those days were not have not been cut short no one could survive will survive but for the sake of the elect 
those days will be shortened. Jesus said that, that in the last day there will be great distress, that is obstructive technologies, there will be VUCA, there will be volatility, there will be uncertainty, there will be complexity, there will be ambiguity. This is what Jesus said. Those things combined together to cause distress. If you look at the book of Daniel chapter 12 verse 1, it says, At that time, Michael the great prince who protects your people will arise. There will be a time of distress such as never happened from the beginning of nation until then. And the, the world should know this. this. This stage we are, COVID is nothing. This world is going to still be attacked by something more dangerous than COVID. It's coming. Because we prophet can tell you that. <laughs> Before COVID came, I told you. There are two judgments coming over the world. The first one is now, and when, when we entered this year, I played it yesterday, live, when I led you in January that the plague has come, and in this year, you will see it. And I told you to pray, and I led the church to pray against it, that you will not be affected, and thank God, he answered our prayer. We are not affected in Christ, no single soul was affected. Global CFT. On the, on the 6th of January, the Holy Ghost told me, and I told you we prayed about it. Similarly, I told you in last year, in October, that I see next year that there's going to be a, a financial distress across the globe. But for Britain, we will be in the financial distress for three years. 2001, the 2000 to 2003, they will be having distress in the area of finances. But I told you also that we, there is, there's going to be a shaking that is emerging from next year for the next seven years. You see, the, you don't think that what has happened now is the end of it. No, 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 no. That's why those of you who are chief executive, if you have big industries, let me tell you something what will be happening. Now listen to me. Because of this COVID and the challenges it brought, by the time that the world will wake up in next year into the next three years, you will see new inventions coming up. New innovations coming up that the, the old products will become un, un, unnecessary, obsolete. If you are not, as a chief executive, you think that, oh, we, we, have, uh, we have a company in 48 countries across the globe. I'm sorry for you. They will not need you anymore. You watch it. <laughs> Three years ago, we stormed the war with revelations. Many industries will be phased out because new industries will emerge and they are relevant and current. Same thing with church. There will be distress. If you look at the book of Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 1, let me read that to you. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. Chapter 3 verse 1. Because it's perilous time. He said, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. The King James Version says, perilous times. And I love it. He said, times, which is plural. So it's not going to be one season. It will be seasons. Successive seasons. People will be lovers. And he told us what will cause it. Verse 2. He said, the reason why you have VUCA in the last days is that people will be lovers of of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. You see, this scripture tells you that be vuka, but... 
stay clear from it. Don't associate with the causes of all these challenges. Rather be a solution giver in this time of challenges. If you read further, I mentioned them some names and stuff like that. If you also look at the third major thing that will happen that is, that is uh, 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 catalyzing all this is Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. That is, this is biblical revelation or interpretation of Vuka. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. There is something mentioned again and again in it. It says, concerning the coming of the Lord, from verse 1, and, the, uh, and being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be uns- easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecies, reports, or letters supposedly to have come from us, saying that the day of the Lord has already come. Now, watch verse 3. Don't let anyone deceive you. Jesus spoke about deception. Deception is, a, is, <laughs> is an obstructive technology. Come on now. Who is behind it? Satan. Deception is what makes people pretend as if they are doing something where they are doing nothing. Show, show of force. Where there is nothing to, to rely upon. It's deception. Make them feel good. In three years time... You will soon recognize that it will be obvious that you did nothing. Those who did something will have moved forward in life. That will not be the person of anybody listening to me. Satan deceives. With various ways he's deceiving today. I'll talk about that some other time. He says, do, he says don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is real. Understand, the word lawlessness is what I'm talking about here. Rather than interpreting the whole of this scripture. Lawlessness is revealed. The man doomed for destruction. He will oppose and exalt himself over everything that is called God or or is worshipped. So that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. This is the challenge that is coming against the church of God. Every Christian now must be proactive. You must know what the Bible says you must do so that when these days are fully come, you are able to stand. Look what it says here. Don't you remember that, that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things. And now, you know what is holding him back. So that he may be revealed at the proper time. Now look at the verse 7. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. I'm talking about lawlessness as a substance of obstructive technology. Lawlessness <coughs> is at work. <laughs> but the one who is holding it back will continue to, to do so until it's taken away. And verse 8 says, and then the lawless one will be revealed. Can I say something? One of the major challenges facing the um, um, social media industry now is lawlessness. It was on our television yesterday. Our parliament was still talking about it. You know, somebody, I think it's the Labour Party that, that was said by the television uh, by ITV and BBC report that they are, 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 they are trying to move the government to, to, to pass a law, you know, uh, which will be binding over all these social platforms like YouTube and the rest of them. So, you know, and that law should be targeting to, to um, sanction any platform where people are putting all this uh, misleading information about uh, about uh, vaccine if you look at the lies that goes on in social media <laughs> it's reckless 
If you look at the misinformation that goes in social media, it's so reckless. Abuse of social media is so reckless. The Bible says lawlessness in the last days. The government cannot catch up with them. They can't catch up with them. Now, in closing, we can understand, therefore, that the world, our world today, was referred to in the Bible as the end time. And the Bible talks about the fact that there will be volatility in the world, there will be uncertainty, there will be complexity, there will be ambiguity. Is that not what intellectuals now just discovered and called VUCA as the major factors of challenges that we face 21st century leadership? I'll be talking very much about this by the same time next Sunday. But let me tell you this, take this nugget. What's the solution wrapped up? How can you wrap up all these solutions? All what is expected of you, they'll be proactive, uh, you expected as uh, in the in the in these last days, uh, you know. You, I've, I've taught you that your structure must be very solid. You must have a very good framework. You know. I've talked about um, you know you being very confident in yourself, equipping yourself, uh, training yourself, being innovative. You know, looking for various collaborations. I'll be talking about leadership enablers, really, in my next lecture with you, where we'll look into innovation, collaboration, you know, stakeholders' engagement and creativity, and then looking at how you can confront the, the factors of VOCA, the political, the economic, the social, and the social technology, how you can confront them better. But I found a scripture in the book of Daniel that just summarizes this. After all these prophecies have been given, if you look at Daniel chapter 11, verse 33, I just read the first part of it. It says, those who are wise will instruct many. And I close the book. Those who are wise will instruct many. So, I say to you, God's people, you know, when we bind devil, he's good. He's bound. But the fact is this, Satan already has possessed some people and programmed them to continue their job. And we ignore that. Let me say this. I've been teaching you about the word of God, which I will continue, not today, but tomorrow. Well, today we'll do it too. We'll do it today in the evening. People don't understand. God gave you prophecy about your life. You don't understand that Satan will raise opposition against it. There are many people that God has given prophecy because of little impediments Satan put. They just they quit. And they never fulfill their destiny. You have to fight for it to the last drop of your blood. Then you can see hell from heaven. It does not matter if the whole world took decision against you. If God said it and you stood by it, that decision will be overrun and overturned and you will fulfill. Satan dictates the world. Spirit dictates the church. May the spirit of the most high rest upon everyone who have heard my voice tonight, today. Shall we just bow our heads and pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone who have listened to me. Let the veil be removed. Fill your people with your divine knowledge, O God. There is no blind that can lead another blind. For the blind to see, somebody who has sight must lead. Give sight to your people in this blind world. Father, if anybody says he loves a person, and does not communicate regularly with the person he loves. Certainly, he's only been infatuated. Love is not in him. I pray for everyone who profess to be your children on earth. Lord, that you will cause their heart to really 
you know, desire you. Call their heart to really love you. So that your people will love to spend time with you. Your people will dedicate their life to service, serving you. You have the solution to every problem, whether it is spiritual, whether it is academic, whether it is intellectual, whether it is business. You, it's only a grain of your knowledge that man is using for the whole world. Help everyone to turn to you, the one who had declared the end before the beginning, so that your people can be what you say they will be on earth, undefeatable, indispensable, the light in the midst of darkness and the salt of the earth that can never be put behind, that the whole world will begin to look for them because of the intelligence by which they operate and the power and the capacity that you have given, put into them. But this will come when they relate with you in prayer and they relate with you in the world and they have fellowship with you, Lord. Break the barriers of the devil in the heart of your saints on, on earth. So that the maximum of us can be manifest to your glory, King of heaven. I bless every soul who have heard my voice. Let the words I have spoken enter into their heads and remain in their hearts. So that when they need those words, the Spirit of God in them will bring them to light. May His mercy and glory and honor rest upon you all. God said that this is the month of fulfillment. You will be fulfilled in this month. So shall it be. Anyone sick under my voice, you are discharged from your illnesses. I command healing from the crown of your head to the sole of your body in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen and amen. Shall we just pray? Into your divine hand we commit our spirit, soul, and our body. Lord and faithful are you who we have committed our lives to for you are able to keep us even unto the last days. Father may your mercy and grace may wisdom from heaven and knowledge be ours forever and ever in Jesus holy name. Amen. And I read the prophetic word of God upon you. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress may the name of the god of jacob protect you may he send you help this week from his sanctuary and grant you support from zion may he remember all your giving and sacrifices and accept your bond offering may he give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed in this week we will shout for joy when we are victorious and we will lift up the, our banner in the name of our God. May the God of better, who appeared unto Abraham, the one who confirmed to the son that this is my son. And mortal man heard, and they said, Thunder has spoken. May he who confirmed this covenant with Isaac and fulfilled Jacob, and who made a promise with us in the book of Galatians 3. May he open all your book of requests from January. And may he answer those requests. This week shall be week of fulfillment and manifestation of requests. Prayers answered, 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 answered in the life of everyone under my voice. So shall it be that by this time next Sunday your joy shall be full. In Jesus' holy 
an anointed name we are praying with hands given.